0: Igor Shesterkin turns in his best performance of the season, and the Rangers dominate on special teams to cruise to a 3-1 victory in Calgary. We're breaking it all down on today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 926 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. I just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. And we are, of course, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So to dive into the action here, first of all, let me say uh, a lot more good than bad in this 3-1 to win in Calgary. The Rangers now 2-0 and uh, to start this five-game road trip here. So uh, obviously, you know, things are moving in a promising direction for this team. Uh, I do want to actually kick off today's episode, though, with a couple of nitpicks. I think, you know, of the Rangers' first six games this season, and they're 4-2, and two, you know, th- things are going fairly well here, um, but of all the, uh, the six games and... It, more so the four wins. We'll focus on the four wins because the game against Nashville was not good at all. But of the four wins, I think this is the one where maybe you can nitpick the most things. And again, that's not to say that the Rangers played poorly or they lucked their way into a win. Again, I thought they mostly had the better of play. And there was a lot more good things than bad things in this game. But there were also a couple of uh, you know, mistakes here and there, uh, an unnecessary penalty or two, uh, turnover at an inopportune time at an inopportune spot on the, uh, the rink there. So a couple of things I wanted to get into here. And honestly, before I get into, you know, the nitpicks, let me also just say that, isn't it nice that we can do this as Ranger fans now? Because as recently as two years ago, the start of the season, two years ago, obviously the Rangers that year surprised everybody went to the Eastern conference final, but as recently as this exact moment on the calendar, two years ago. We were still as a fan base in a place where we would take a Ranger win any which way we could get it whether Igor Shesterkin was stealing a couple wins whether uh the Rangers got some puck luck on their side or you know a fortunate deflection whatever the case might be um we were happy to take a win any way we can get it and we still are hey a win is still a win the last time I checked but you know the expectations are higher now you expect more out of this team and the Rangers can go into Calgary win the game 3 to 1 and as a fan you still sit there and it's like man you know yeah I got the win but uh, they could have done this better. They could have done that better. It's a lot better to be in this kind of a situation where the expectations are higher. The expectations have clearly gone up the last uh, two seasons and now three seasons, if you count this one. So uh, got that out of the way. And um, obviously, again, I think it, it's positive that we kind of have that mindset where we can still nitpick some things, but nevertheless still feel good about the win. But as far as things that you know could have been better. Stop me if you've said this before. I stop me if I've said this before. You've probably said it before too, but stop me if I've said this before. Uh, the Raiders did not get off to the best start in this game. I thought the first 10 or 12 minutes, getting outworked, getting out chanced, uh, the four check was basically non-existent. Um, you know, not winning any 50-50 pucks, just kind of back on their heels for the first 10 or 12 minutes of this game. And of course, that was also when they, uh, you know, gave up the first goal of this contest. That happened just a minute and change into the action here. And a little bit of a mistake, uh, maybe some miscommunication on the part of Adam Fox, Philip They both went to take Backland, who was behind the goal line, you know, kind of behind the reindeer net there. They both went after him, and it leaves Blake Coleman, who for some reason turned into Johnny Gaudreau in this game. Blake Coleman was all over the ice and, and getting scoring chances left and right. He scores here, actually ended up getting robbed by Igor a couple of times later in this game. But Coleman's right there. He's in prime real estate and he scores and he makes it one to nothing. Again, just left completely unguarded, wide open in front of the Ranger net after Fox and Heedle both went to get Backlund behind the net. And then in the shift that followed this, uh, the Flames get a two on one and... Gustason kind of got pinching a little bit in this situation, I think. And very quickly, you know, the flames in transition go the other way. Two on one. Nice play by Braden Schneider here. He's been a little bit up and down to start the season, I think, but he did a great job defending this two on one here. Uh basically went down to the ice on his stomach. And the skater. Had no choice. He couldn't really shoot. He couldn't really pass either. His only way of passing was to attempt a saucer pass, which he did. Tried to get it to uh, his teammate on the other side of the net there, but was unable to connect. So a nice job by Schneider taking away basically the pass and the shot. Cyan across the ice there. Uh, Very nice play by Braden Schneider. But then, you know, Blake Coleman, I mentioned him a second ago. Uh, Igor Shosturkin with a nice save on him uh, on a tip-in try. This resulted after uh Kreider tried to chip the puck out of the reindeer zone and just was unable to do it. Basically, gave it right to Mackenzie Weger. Uh, weger then passes in deep to Blake Coleman and Igor with a nice save there. And we're going to talk about Igor in a whole lot more detail later in today's episode. Uh, we're going through some of his saves right now, but he made plenty that we can talk about later. So, uh, don't worry about that. We will get to Igor Sisterkin in due time here. But then, uh, you know, Nazim Kadri on one hand, um, you know, Braden Shire didn't play the best defense on this play, but by that same token, this is a ridiculous move by Nazem Kadri. Uh, moved around, Schneider backhanded it wide of the net. And then another 2 on one right after this, and Igor makes a save on Kadri. That was actually the same shift. So, yeah, a lot of things going on early in this game, and not a whole lot of them good for the Rainers. There were a couple of different instances where the Flames had a decent chance to go up 2 nothing, and if that happens, you never know. Uh, where this game goes from there. I mean, the Rangers could still come back, but obviously it becomes a little bit more difficult. And obviously Calgary's feeling a lot better at that point too, because they're off to an early uh, two to nothing lead. I will say though, the Rangers, I thought they did a really nice job picking up their play at the end of the first period, the final like six, eight, nine minutes, you know, somewhere in there, right around there is where the tide started to turn a little bit. Rangers got the four check going. I uh, had Philip with a chance in deep, uh, tried to go to his backhand, was unable to, you know, tuck the puck home. Uh, and then Braden Schneider with two seconds left in the period mentioned Schneider quite a bit here. He uh, puts a shot off the post and then obviously stayed out and the flames are still up one nothing at the end of the first period. So you're feeling really good about the way the Rangers handled the first period. And then what do they do to start the second period? Yeah, they take uh, what is always an unnecessary penalty by the nature of a too many men on the ice penalty, which is what the Rangers took here. Now, look, there's 82 games. I don't think any team in hockey is going to get through the whole season without taking a too-many-men penalty. They're not robots. It happens. But it's one of those things when it happens to your team, you never feel good about it. It's always something of a mental mistake and an undisciplined penalty. And I don't think there's really any exception to that rule when it comes to a too-many-men-on-the-ice penalty. Uh, So the Rangers take the penalty there. Uh, The good news is their penalty kill was on point all night, and they were able to turn... Uh, turn aside at the flames chances on that one. As far as other little nitpicks, I mean, again, just, just kind of sloppy with the puck a little bit. I thought the Rangers, uh, toward the end of this game could have closed with a little bit better authority. You know, the, the flames in the third period, got a pretty nice push, uh, the last 10 minutes or so they were buzzing a little bit. Rangers held them off more specifically. Igor Sesterkin held them off. I uh, get it in the third period a turnover by Mika advantage out of all people in front of the Ranger net. And that resulted in a scoring chance for the flames. Igor was up to the task there. So, Again, there's little things you can nitpick here. You know, we mentioned uh, the the poor start. I guess you could say... Not the best finish. You know, they kind of bent but didn't break. It would have been nice to see them close with a little bit more authority. And on the penalties, you know, a couple too many penalties in this game as well. But the Rangers overcame all those mistakes. That's another uh, good thing. I mean, you don't want to fall into too many bad habits, but it's nice knowing that the Rangers can not have their A game and still figure out a way to, you know, go on the road here and post a pretty solid two-goal win over the Calgary Flames. Like I said, the expectations are higher now. And even after a win, we're going to, uh, you know, take a look at a couple things maybe that the Rangers didn't do so great. Again, it's not to say they were bad in this game. Far from it. This is overall a solid performance by the Rangers. But I want to, you know, call out a couple of nitpicks here. And in just a second, we're going to get to all the good stuff, all the fun stuff, including the Rangers dominating on special teams against a very good Calgary penalty kill unit. That's another thing. You know, the Flames have a good PK, and uh, the Rangers pretty much had their way with them. Uh, Also going to talk about Igor Shostakhin bouncing back from a rough most recent start against the Predators and, uh, you know, just looking like Igor Turkin. and that that's the best compliment that I can pay him is he just looked like himself. We're going to get to all that good stuff in just a second. But first got to let everybody know that today's episode of locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by eBay motors, passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay motors, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. And we're going to go ahead and keep everything rolling here. Big thanks to the everydayers for always sticking around. And big thanks to you guys for always baking Locked On New York Rangers. Your first listen every day. And for the everydayers, we're going to keep everything rolling here. I, I think on Thursday we might take a look at, uh, it's an episode I've been wanting to do, but I want to wait at least a couple of games into the, uh, into the season here. Um, we're going to take a look at, the new players on the New York Rangers and just kind of discuss how they've all fared. I think Eric Gustafson, for example, is off to a great start. We're going to talk a little bit about him a little bit later in today's episode. And then Blake Wheeler, you know, maybe not really off to the best start. Uh, He's been a little shaky and um, just uh, not playing with a ton of speed, which is to be somewhat expected. But like I said, we'll get into the greater details of all that in uh, the next episode. For right now though, I want to turn our attention to the good things that happened in this game. And there were quite a few of them, including special teams dominance. In the last couple of years, Ranger fans and Ranger not fans alike, you know, Ranger critics or whatever you want to call it, they've kind of been pretty quick to point out the fact that the Rangers have a little bit of an over-reliance on their special teams units. Uh, The the power play has been very, very good the last couple of years, we know that. Uh, The penalty kill has also been very, very good. Five v five, as as far as like the other you know elite teams in the league, the Rangers maybe not quite up to par with some of those teams playing five v five. I do think five v five has been quite a bit better this season. But I will also say this: don't ever feel like you have to apologize for the Rangers having an awesome power play, having an awesome penalty kill. Those are obviously enormous parts of the game. Uh, something that we've talked about on here in the past is that special teams, I think they really play big when it comes to playoff hockey, especially the penalty kill. You'd have to look long and hard to find uh, a team that won the Stanley Cup that had a bad penalty kill in particular. You can maybe survive a so-so power play, but that's obviously a huge part of the game. There's a lot of penalties called. I think refs tend to call things a little bit tighter than they used to. So any given game, you're going to get a good amount of power plays and penalty kills, and you're going to have to be at your best uh, while those two things are, are happening. And as far as this game, Rangers go two for five on the power play. In a roundabout way, I would almost argue that they kind of went two for four just because, you know, they ended up with that power play at the end of the game. But at that point, you know, they're up by two goals. They're looking to maintain possession of the puck. You know, they had two defensemen out there, Fox and Gustafson, which they normally don't do on the power play. I mean, they're both very good offensive defensemen. Um, but you know, the, the emphasis there is not on scoring as much as it is, uh, maintaining possession, cycling the puck a little bit and making sure you don't give up anything to the, uh, shorthanded flames. So either way, two for four, two for five, it was a good night for the Rangers on the power play. And keep in mind, the Rangers did this, you know, the two power play goals against a Calgary flames penalty kill unit that coming into this game was 21 for 22 on the kill this season. That was a key matchup that we discussed with Jess from locked on Calgary Flames. And yeah, it kind of came to fruition here. That was a big time heavyweight matchup. Obviously, no team is going to go through the the season killing 95.5% of the penalties that it takes, which was the case for the Calgary Flames. Uh, but be that as it may, Rangers were up against a good unit and they, they came out on top there. Uh, So that was great to see. Also, the Ranger penalty kill. The Flames go 0 for 4 on the man advantage. And to me, it's not just the 0 for 4 that's impressive. It was the fact that the Rangers defended very, very well for the bulk of these four power plays that the Flames got. Uh, We talked earlier, and we're going to talk a little bit later as well, about how good Igor Shosturkin was in this game. Most of his big-time saves were... Were five V five. There were maybe one or two on the power play and, you know, give them props for that too. But for the most part, I thought the Rangers, they might've defended better on the penalty kill than they did at five V five for, for the large portion uh, of this game. So that was great to see the Rangers, uh, up against, uh, the flames power play unit and basically shutting them down, not giving them a whole bunch of great looks, um, at the, uh, at the net clearing the puck, you know, getting in passing lanes, blocking shots, the whole nine yards. Thought it was a really good night for the Ranger uh, penalty kill. But to take it a step further here, highlight the power play goals that the Rangers scored because they got two in this game. And uh, one tied the game. The other gave them the lead for good. They both happened in the second period. They were both in goals. Uh, the first one came after Jacob Shruba drew a penalty. He was actually in the Ranger zone, but somebody basically bear hugged him, grabbed him, took a holding penalty. And uh, just like that, The Rangers are on the power play, and first unit doesn't score. The second unit is out there. They're doing a really nice job keeping possession in the offensive zone. Uh, The Flames had a chance to score here, and Lindholm basically uh, messed it up. He shanked it. The puck hopped over his stick. and went to Capo Caco, so Caco keeps the play alive. Uh, Then you've got Lafreniere carrying the puck up the right boards. He leaves it for Philip Hedl, and then Hedl makes a pass back to Eric Gustafson. Gustafson takes a shot. And Alexi Lafreniere is there in the crease, and he deflects at home one-to-one. Uh, second straight game with a goal for Alexi Lafreniere, obviously an encouraging sign. And as a quick aside here, we'll get to get our second power play goal in just a second. But I love the fact that the next time the Rangers got on the power play, the second unit got to start the power play. And I'm not going to come on here and bash Jorgenland. You know, there, there's certain things that he did that maybe I wasn't a big fan of. Um, overall, though, I, I am appreciative for what he did here. If nothing else, clearly he got this team pointed in the right direction, and you know, two years ago, an amazing run through the playoffs, but I swear, he would never start the second unit on the power play. The only time he would do it is at the first unit, like, happened to be out for a long shift right before that, or some guys that make up the first unit were out there for a long shift right before the power play started, and they were gassed, and they needed a breather. Uh, the second unit is getting more opportunities. You watch these games develop. You watch the power play. When the clock's ticking off the power play for the Rangers, you're seeing the second unit get out there with 50 seconds left, a minute left, a minute and five seconds left, a minute and 10 seconds left. You know, somewhere in that ballpark where it's not quite an even split, and I don't think it should be, but I do like the idea that the second power play unit is getting a chance. You know, maybe not quite 50-50, but they're getting out there with enough time to at least do something. And in this case, once again, being rewarded for scoring on the most recent power play, getting to start then the next power play. What was interesting here, though, the second power play unit started this power play. They do not score, didn't really do a whole lot, um, but... The Ranger top unit comes onto the ice. They're cycling the puck. You got Fox passing to Panarin. Uh, Panarin approaches the top of the right circle. He passes in deep to Kreider. Kreider, instead of like being in the, in the crease and in front of the net, he's kind of like a lot on the goal line on the side there. But man, he can do this from any angle, from you know any any side of the net or, or whatever. Um, he just, you know, places a stick perfectly, redirects it into the net and scores, puts the rangers on top for good. Uh, at two to one and backing up for just a second here. The, the way the Rangers got on the power play here was it, it came about from what I think is the best play that maybe Blake Wheeler has been since he's been a Ranger. And again, he is off to a slow start. And we're going to talk about that in more detail, likely in the next episode, but on this play, you know, he's got the puck. I think just barely into the neutral zone and out of the Rangers zone, you know, just past the Ranger blue line there. Uh, he plays the puck. He sees Trochek up the ice and he perfectly places a puck um, chips it ahead to a spot on the ice, a spot of open ice where he felt Vincent Trocek could get there first. And Trocheck, he's somebody that I think has underrated speed. So he picks up the puck in stride and goes in and is held. You know, he might have very well scored a goal there, um, but he gets held. That drew the penalty against Calgary, and that led to this power play goal by Chris Kreider that I just described. So a nice play by Wheeler, nice play by Trouba there to set the whole thing up and get the Rangers on the main advantage in, uh, in the first place. Moving along to the penalty kill and a couple of the highlights there. I'm not going to go through, like, all four Calgary Flame power plays. I'll just kind of highlight a couple of things that I liked. Uh, the first power play, really nice play by Jacob Truba here. The Flames are trying to gain the zone. They're going ahead with a lot of speed, going over the Ranger blue line. And Truba breaks up the play. Vincent Trocek is able to clear. Uh, we also had—this is probably as close as the Flames uh, came to scoring. A little bit of a bad bounce for the Rangers because you've got Huberdeau driving to the Ranger net and— he took a shot that uh, Truba deflected, but the puck kind of just stayed there uh, near Huberto. So Huberto got to take another shot. It's kind of bad luck for Truba and the Rangers there, but Igor Shisterkin, uh makes a save. Uh, we get Jimmy Vesey with a couple of nice pass breakups during this power play as well. Um, one thing I got to say here though, and this goes back to some of the nitpicks that I had for this game. This one put the Rangers uh, shorthanded at the tail end, or no, the, the start of the second period is what it was. You got Vincent Trocek, uh, he makes a good play to cause a turnover in the flame zone, but the Calgary flame, you know, he kind of backtracked, got uh, control of the puck and Trocek's going after him. And he's just whacking away at him with his stick. I mean, he must've slashed him like two, three, four times there. And the ref puts his arm in the air and Trocek's going out for slashing. I am tired of Vincent Trocek taking bad penalties like this. And I say this as a big fan of Vincent Trocek before he ever even came to the Rangers. I've mentioned this before. The everydayers will know this. Um, Vincent Trocheck was one of my favorite non-Rangers in hockey, uh, right up to the point where he actually became a Ranger. So I was really happy with that free agent pickup by the Rangers. And I'm still happy that he's here. I think he's a really good, well-rounded player. Does a little bit of everything to help you win. He's got to stop this. This guy is 30 years old. There's no excuse for taking boneheaded penalties like this as frequently as he does. Anybody can have like a, a brain fart every now and then and do something, but this seems to happen a lot. If you go back to the beginning of his tenure as a new york ranger so the beginning of last season and you take everything that's happened from then right up to right now he's got to lead the rangers in bad penalties and i I don't know that there's really a way to quantify that i don't know if people like actually track that stat but just watching these games i don't even know who would be second it just feels like he does this too often especially for a veteran player so he's got to be a little bit smarter there the good news is there's another really really nice penalty kill the Rangers. They start with Mika, Kreider, Truba and Lingren. Uh Igor made some solid saves, but again, um you know, a lot of timely clears by these guys, a lot of just good penalty killing overall uh by this quartet here. We also had, you know, later in the game, just a smart play by Nick Bonino. I think this is the last uh Flames power play that they had. It was getting late in the power play. There wasn't a lot of time left, maybe like 15 seconds. Puck drops for the faceoff and Nick Bonino basically pushed the puck forward instead of trying to win it back. He immediately, you know, just knocked it out of the Ranger zone, went down the ice, and that was it uh, for the power play. So a lot of good stuff as far as the the, uh, the Ranger PK unit, the power play unit as well. Um, some penalties that they didn't need to take. I mentioned the Trocek thing. I mentioned the too many men on the ice penalty as well. Uh, there was also a penalty that Cooley took where he – Kind of got Blake Coleman from behind. This one was a little bit so-so. And then Trochik took another penalty later in the game as well. That one, at least, you could understand. Rangers were back on their heels a little bit. He's trying to prevent somebody from scoring. Um, But, yeah, you know, overall, the penalty kill stepped up big for this team, as did the power play unit. And I also wanted to mention this to kind of put a bow on this, this little segment here. So for those of you scoring at home, the Rangers in the second period gave the Flames four power play opportunities, And the Rangers won that period by a score of three to nothing. That is not going to happen very often. Now, granted, the Flames also took three penalties, giving the Rangers three power play opportunities. And the Rangers scored on two of them. So that's part of the reason for that. But that's just not going to happen very often where you take four penalties in the same period and win that period by three goals. But the Rangers were able to pull it off. Again, it just goes back to that theme of them not being at their absolute best in every uh aspect of the game but still finding a way uh to get the job done and that's what they did in this game uh gonna keep everything rolling in just a second we gotta turn our attention to Igor Shesterkin and what I thought was his best performance of the young season also gonna talk a little bit about Eric Gustafson and uh you know some of the things that he's been doing to help the Rangers win in the early goings you to get to all that fun stuff in just a second but first gotta let everybody know that today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by game time You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. With killer last-minute deals, all in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Game time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. See the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All-in prices show your total up front so you know you're getting a great deal without hidden fees. Buy tickets in seconds with just two taps. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked on NHL for $20 off download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, let's talk about Igor Shisterkin. Uh, Everything he did in this game, by the way, you know, keep in mind that he's coming off of a rough performance against Nashville. I realize the Rangers as a team, basically just stunk against the Predators. Nobody really played well in that game at all. Igor obviously didn't have a ton of help, but he also let a couple get by him that I think typically would not. And when that happens to Igor, as rare as it is, I'm never more confident in this guy than I am when he's coming off of a bad performance. You just don't think that it's going to happen two games in a row. You think he's going to be sharp. You think he's going to be on top of his game. And that was indeed the case here against the uh, the Flames. I got to say the most challenging aspect of this podcast, and I love doing this podcast. It's a blast being able to talk Ranger hockey, you know, five days a week with you guys, Uh, just a ton of fun. But the most challenging aspect of this podcast, the thing I run into more than anything else is trying to come up with different ways, different descriptors, different adjectives to explain to you guys what you already know. And that is the fact that Igor Shosturkin is an absolutely amazing goalie. And we saw that on display here. Again, I, I've used every adjective in the book to describe some of the saves that he's made, some of the uh, you know, just the, the amazing consistency that he's played with in this game. He ends up stopping 24 of 25 shots. It's not an enormous amount of shots on goal, but I do think that this was kind of a case of quality over quantity for sure. Uh, I think anybody that watches this game would probably agree. Um, second period, I mentioned Blake Coleman and how he was kind of all over the ice. He scored calories only goal, but Eeyore made a save. On Blake Coleman in the second period. And I typed into my notes, wait for replay, because it was one of those where you could tell it was a really good save, but maybe you didn't have the best look at it. Um, and then I see the replay and really a, kind of a scramble in front of the Ranger net. Braden Schneider, again, we're talking about Schneider quite a bit today, but he made a great play, preventing his guy from getting the shot away. But the puck unfortunately goes right to Blake Coleman on the other side of the net. And that's when Igor. Full extension to his right, kicking out his right pad, making just a phenomenal uh, skate save there on a couple of stuff and tries by Coleman, was able to get his skate right up against the post there. Then the third period, I mentioned uh, Mika Zibanejad. He tried to skate away with the puck on this play. Rare turnover by Mika. You got Lindholm stealing the puck, passing to Huberdo, and Igor with a sliding pad save to his left and then even uh when the flames pulled their goalie and had an empty net with 215 to go i mean igor's flailing all over the place and making all these great saves he's doing this while he doesn't have his stick and we had a situation where huberto kind of like accidentally on purpose knocked the stick away from igor shesterkin you know kind of knocked it away from the net and a little bit higher in the ranger zone and then uh there was no accident here you had tanef He's, uh, you know, obviously he's trying to position himself in the right place on the ice and potentially anticipating a pass, but he shoots the, uh, the stick of Igor Shesterkin out of the zone immediately gets called for a penalty for that. So the Rangers on the power play up by two goals with one thirty six to go, uh, the flames end up taking another penalty. So you have a rare five on three for the team winning with one Oh two to go. And it was pretty funny because at that moment, Sam Rosen basically called it when the flames took another penalty to put them in a five on three uh, situation and down by two goals. Uh, Sam Rosen said, that's going to do it. I don't hear him do that very often before the game's over, but yeah, you know what? And never say never. Um, I'm big on that. You know, the game, if, they, if there's still time on the clock, you never know what can happen when you've got a five on three up by two goals with one Oh two to go. You're pretty much home safe. You're not going to give up two, uh, five on three goals against in a situation like that. But again, Igor Sisterkin, what else can you say? Just a fantastic night and nice to see him bounce back from, you know, a rough performance against the Nashville Predators. I also wanted to mention Eric Gustafson because I just feel like he's done a heck of a job for the Rangers thus far. Hasn't always been perfect, you know, maybe one or two miscues here and there, but for the most part, I think he's been great. Um, we already talked about. His primary assist on the goal by Lafreniere, you know, taking the shot and uh saying Lafreniere up for the deflection and the power play goal. Uh, He also had a goal of his own in the second period. It boosted the Ranger lead to three to one. Uh, Rangers were skating four on four, cycling the puck, maintaining possession in the offensive zone. Of Not shooting, though, not really shooting. Miller eventually leaves the puck for Philip Hedl at the point. You got Hedl skating to his right um toward the right face off circle and he being a lefty you know he has to turn to get the shot away he doesn't want to backhand it from that far away because it's probably not going to work but uh he with a great shot here markstrom gets a piece of it puck trickles behind him kind of just sitting in the crease there gusts sees it and he gets to the puck before anybody on calgary can knocks it into the net and gives the rangers a three to one lead which was of course the final score but uh gusts has been great you know we on Lockdown Rangers, and on Twitter, and probably you guys have had your opinions on this as well. Um, obviously, the Rangers, you know, they bring in a handful of free agents to kind of round out this roster in the offseason. And we were debating, I was asking, you know, guests on the show, who do you think the best free agent pickup is going to be for the Rangers? I figured it would be Wheeler, which so far, it doesn't look like that's going to be the case. Uh, hopefully, he can turn it around. Uh, we had five points vids on here. He, he was a big fan of the Bonino pickup, and I like that one, too. And I think Bonino's played well. Um, maybe a couple of people thought Jonathan quick, just because of the intangibles, you know, three times Stanley cup champion and a little bit of a big brother to Igor Shesterkin. but it's been Gustafson. I don't even think there could be a debate made you know, Tyler Pitlick's been only in the lineup in a couple of games. He's been fine, but Gustafson's your guy as far as thus far having a positive impact on this Ranger team. He's kind of become a staple of the second power play unit. Um, the Rangers went with a second power play unit that only included one defenseman, last night against Calgary, and Gustafson was that guy. But you look at what he's done so far, um, you know, six games into the season, he's got two goals to assists. I think he's played pretty well defensively. Um, he's also a plus five. He has blocked seven shots. Now, it's very early to project uh, season stats. You know, obviously, uh, there's players doing things, and there's teams doing things at a rate right now, six games into the season, that is not sustainable over 82 games. But if we take a look at those seven block shots by Gustafson, uh, he is on pace for the second most block shots of his career. And the most of these had since 2018, 2019 with the Chicago Blackhawks. And I mentioned this when I joined Gil Martin for a segment on Locked on NHL not too long ago. But show me a better free agent pickup for six figures. Got to be six figures. We're we're not counting, you know, the superstar players that were free agents. Show me a better six-figure free agent pickup around this league right now than Eric Gustafson. And maybe that player exists. I'm not going to go through all 31 teams and look at all the six-figure, you know, players. But Gustafson has fit like a glove. Uh, It seems like a really savvy pickup by Chris Jury. And I'm just loving what I'm seeing from him so far. I think he's fit right in. And uh, probably the best defensive defense partner that uh, Brian Schneider has had to work with. So hopefully that uh, bodes well for Schneider as well. I figure we could pretty much call it there. Um, I do want to mention a lot of you guys could probably tell. I'm dealing with a sore throat still. So it's a little bit of a grind getting through these right now, but doing the best I can. So thank you guys for kind of uh, bearing with me and just kind of dealing with that as I uh, try to get back to full health here. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, I, again, I figure we could pretty much call it there. Once again, if you guys would like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to locked on and at gmail.com. Once again, that is locked on nyrangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that's at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to Locked on New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I will see you next time.